0: Summer is officially here. Kids are excited to jump into the pool and get into their various summertime activities. However, increased activity often results in increased injury. From swimmer's ear to allergies to head trauma, summertime ear, nose, and throat safety should be taken seriously. So to ensure our kids have a great summer, let's talk with Dr. Anthony Shane, Division Chief of ENT at Le Children's Hospital. He is here to talk with us about the most common ENT and T issues and injuries during the summer, as well as how parents can prevent these and have an eventful and safe summer with their children. This is the PEDS Pod by La Children's Hospital. I'm Bill Klaproth. Dr. Shane, thank you so much for your time. It's great to talk with you. And summer is always an exciting time. Everybody's geared up. Oh my God, summer is here. But it is important to think about the safety of our kiddos. So let's start here. What are the most common summertime ENT issues that you see in the pediatric population?
1: Thank you, first of all, for having me on. Like you said, we are heading into summer and lots of our little Kiddos are going to be running around outside and getting into all sorts of things. So the most common things that we see are, especially in in this part of the country, is we have a lot of lakes and beaches not too far away. So kids come in with swimmer's ear or external ear infections. And that usually presents with pretty severe pain, lots of drainage from the ear pain is actually very, very difficult to control. And unfortunately, these infections do not respond to your typical antibiotics that would be prescribed. They have to be treated with eardrops that are a thousand times more powerful because they act directly where the infection is. And every now and then, you may have to combine that with an antibiotic by mouth or an antibiotic to the vein called an intravenous antibiotic. Very rarely, if we start treating appropriately, do kids have to be hospitalized for this, but it can happen. Usually, if kids come to my clinic, they've been treated appropriately by the pediatrician, and I do have to clean the ears out by suctioning out all the debris, putting in a little bit of medicine in there myself if I need to. And this can happen several times over a couple of months to get the infection under control. In terms of ears, that's the most common issue. One thing you can do to avoid this is dry the ear out after the kids get out of what we call dirty water. And that includes lakes and oceans, pools and bath time. Those are clean water. And you can dry them out by using a Hair dryer on a very low setting, held at a little bit of a distance to dry the water out. Take some of those ear drops that we prescribe, or even get something called swimmer's ear over the counter, and dry the liquid out. And you can always use your earplugs as well. And the best earplugs for your dollar are actually called Doc's earplugs. They're pretty moldable to your child's ears and quite a bit cheaper than the professionally made earplugs, which cost close to 70 $80 and have to be changed frequently because the ear canal changes as the child grows. And one other thing you can do to avoid ear infections, specifically external ear infections, is to stop using Q-tips. That's not common knowledge. That wasn't common knowledge to me until I started practicing specifically my specialty. But if you look at the Q-tip box, it actually says, do not use inside the ear. And what you're doing is you're actually taking a lot of the wax out. And wax is actually quite important. wax protects against infections. It captures all the debris, all the bacteria, and, and picks it out. Too much wax is bad. Some wax is good and no wax is also bad. So the ear is actually a self-cleaning organ. If I were to take some ink and put it on your eardrum, It would actually, over a period of weeks to months, would migrate to the opening of your ear canal, and you would actually be able to see it. So there are little hair cells that keep moving the debris out of the ear canal, so you don't actually have to clean it. I have not cleaned the inside of my ears in about 17 years now, so quite often when I have to take the wax out is because Q-tips are used. I have to take Q-tips out of the kid's ear canals in the office, so they're great for cleaning your mouth. They're great for cleaning other remote controls. They're great for cleaning the outside of your ear, but they are not great for cleaning the inside of your ear, no matter how good it feels.
0: Yeah. Well, it does feel good. I got to tell you, sometimes your ears get a little itchy and it's put the Q-tip in there, but you're saying, don't do that, not a good idea.
1: Don't do that. Okay.
0: Don't do that. Got it. Okay. So swimmer's ear is one of the most common summertime ENT issues. And you said generally it's pain and loss of drainage. So if a child is complaining of pain in their ear, that's a telltale symptom. How do we know if there's no drainage? Is that when you feel like water is caught in the ear?
1: You can feel like that, but that typically goes away. But a very classic sign is if you press on the outside of the ear, that little outpouching just on the front of your ear canal close to your cheek is called the tragus. If you press on that and your ear starts hurting, that's a pretty classic sign that you have an external ear infection. And most pediatricians or specialists can tell even without any drainage that there's swelling in the ear canal. It's one of the few very clear-cut diagnoses. There are other causes of ear pain, allergies for one, which are also common during the summer. We start developing allergies at around age two. That's when we start getting exposure to indoor allergens because we spend a lot of time indoors. And by age five, you've developed allergens to outdoor stimuli. And If you're very congested, if you're sniffling a lot, then it can give you something called eustachian tube dysfunction or a dysfunction of the inside of your ear behind the eardrum. If you sniffle a lot, it creates a vacuum and you have negative pressure. And that can cause, again, pretty severe pain, but it's not related to an ear infection and unfortunately does not respond to antibiotics. And what the actual treatment is, is to treat the allergic symptoms to make your nose be able to breathe better. There is tendency to use Afrin, which works real quick and real effectively. But Afrin is unfortunately part of the cocaine family of medications. And that's why people become so dependent on it. Because if you use it for three to five days, you do kind of put yourself at risk for having a condition called rhinitis medicamentosa, which is a fancy way of saying that unless you use Afrin, you're going to be congested. And that's a very, very hard thing to treat in children or in adults. So it's okay to use every now and then. It's okay to use if you're using a protective medication such as a nasal steroid, but it should not be used. But allergens start with trees in the early to mid spring and then proceed to grasses. And now we're in the time of pollen. That is the most common cause of allergies during this time of year. And it's pretty easy to figure out what you're allergic to depending on which season your allergies. And then if it's year round, then we typically recommend testing by our allergy colleagues here and unfortunately if you live in memphis or the surrounding area this is the second worst part of the country for developing allergies and the worst part is actually jackson mississippi so we are right there and a lot of the conditions that myself and my colleagues treat are related to allergies and that includes sinus infections ear infections ear pain
0: okay how do you recommend parents treat these allergies at home
1: the best way to do it is there are over-the-counter medications. Zyrtec or citerazine is a good one, but you also need to not only have a systemic treatment, you need to have a topical treatment. So when I treat patients, I always combine a systemic medication with a topical medication such as Flonase. And nasal steroids, they work just in the nose, they help with watery eyes, itchy nose, nasal congestion. They do not necessarily help with a runny nose, but you can actually get uh, antihistamine that works in the nose as well. And some of these are available over the counter. Some of these you need to get a prescription for, but those are really effective medications. And if you're pretty convinced that your child has allergies, that are not responding to medications or is actually developing sinus infections because of this, then it's time to be seen by either an ear, nose, and throat physician or an allergy physician to be evaluated. And we actually work really closely together. We're developing kind of a team approach to where we will be located at one site when we have one ENT physician and and an allergist working together, evaluating our patients together.
0: That's great advice, Dr. Shane. Thank you. All right, let's move on to injuries now. What ENT-related injuries do you see the most during summer?
1: Lots of nasal fractures and that's actually the most common injury. Kids are riding bicycles and I cannot stress how important it is to wear a helmet whenever you're doing any kind of activity, either rollerblading, roller skating, being on a bicycle, using a four-wheeler or any kind of motorized activity. Golf carts are okay. They're pretty enclosed. They don't move that fast, but any kind of activity where you're moving around on some kind of vehicle we strongly encourage using a helmet and that could actually save your life no matter what kind of injury so nasal fractures nasal bone fractures are the most common fortunately there are ones that heal pretty well on their own with very little intervention on our part we would only fix if the nose looks different after the swelling goes away if there's difficulty breathing after the injury and then nasal fractures are followed by fractures of the jaw Those also fortunately in children, the younger you are, the less likely that they will require surgery because the bone is so elastic at that point that it is able to absorb the force of most traumas. But on occasion, we do have to fix these fractures and that includes putting a metal plate, that includes wiring the jaw shut. And while those are pretty well tolerated, that's a a pretty bad way to spend your summer. And then followed by mandible fractures, you have your fractures around the socket of the eye, which we also handle. And those can be a little more traumatic because you can't have potential injuries to the eye and it can, make, can result in potential loss of vision. So fortunately, the repair is pretty easy, relatively speaking. But if you wear a helmet, a lot of this can be prevented.
0: Yeah, so nasal fractures, jaw fractures, and eye socket fractures are some of the most common ENT-related injuries. So what can parents do to keep their kids safe?
1: Again, wearing a helmet, keeping an eye on your kids. If you have older kids, making sure that they are trained to look both ways, to be aware of cars, not to wear their AirPods or any headphones when they're riding around, And it only takes one person to cause an accident. So as long as you are watching what you're doing and keeping a peripheral vision of what other people are doing, you should be able to stay safe.
0: Yeah, great advice on that. So as we talk about summer is officially here and increased activity often results in increased injury. Any final thoughts on keeping kids safe over the summer, Dr. Shane?
1: It's very easy to have a good time and it's very easy for a good time to turn into a bad time. So if you have little ones, be aware of when they're in the water. Do not be distracted when you're looking at them. Drowning is silent and it takes a matter of seconds. You don't hear splashing. So that's number one is keep an eye on your little ones. If they're in the pool or the lake or the ocean, don't take your eyes off of them. And if you do, make sure somebody else is looking after them. In terms of trauma, again, wearing a helmet, wearing knee pads and elbow pads are very, very important that kind of protection keeps you safe and keeps your little ones safe and prevents a lot of traumatic injuries. A scrape here and there is okay. Broken bones much more significant. If they want to go outside but they have allergies, that's a pretty easy fix. A lot of this is available over the counter. If you'd like to be evaluated by a physician, the first step is to go to your pediatrician and they'll be able to direct you to the appropriate medications. It also helps to switch allergy medicine every six months so you don't get too used to it. And a lot of them are available over the counter. Once a patent expires, lots of companies start making generic ones. So there's a whole bunch of them on the shelves at your local pharmacy. And don't use Q-tips.
0: Yeah, and don't use Q-tips. Right. Absolutely. I like how you said that. Don't turn a good time into a bad time. So that kind of sums it up. Dr. Shane, thank you for all of these great tips and talking to us about this. We really appreciate it. And here's hoping the kids have a great and safe summer. Thank you, Dr. Shane. Thank you for having me on. And once again, that's Dr. Anthony Shane, and visit lebonheur.org to learn more about Le Children's Hospital. And be sure to subscribe to The Peds Pod on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also check out lebonheur.org slash podcast to view the full podcast library. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels. This is The Peds Pod by Le Children's Hospital. Thanks for listening.